Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and today I'm joined by director Chris Diamond. Mel is... <laughs> Hi Chris. Hello. Uh, Mel is, uh, is away on her uh, travels, so um, she'll be uh, here next time, all being well. Uh, we're going to be catching up on all the city's latest digital whatnots later on, but right now we are joined by Johnny Briggs, creative director at Field Design. Hello, Johnny. Hi. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, uh, as always, we are going to start off by asking you to tell us a bit about yourself, full Scylla style. Um, yeah, tell us about yourself and Field Design, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. well, I kind of oversee sort of creative direction and... Um, sort of new projects at field um we've been going sort of eight years now um myself and business partner katie sort of set it up because we both kind of come from similar backgrounds through working through sort of agencies across um sort of sheffield leeds and manchester and we just wanted to do our own thing really sort of have a bit of control over our own destiny um but yeah our, our backgrounds were kind of sports branding um sort of big moving image projects in some of the agencies we work for but also kind of quite um my background's a little bit more code driven than katie's katie kind of brings the brand experience i kind of i like playing with computers and bits of stuff <laughs> put together <laughs> it's a good meet, meet Chris. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like playing with computers and bits of stuff yeah, so it's kind of, but yeah, there's probably a bit more of a backstory than that. But essentially, yeah, that's what we've been doing for the last eight years is sort of working with quite a lot of local sort of businesses, university, and growing what we do and sort of kind of turning what's traditional brand ideas and design ideas into how they mix with sort of digital platforms and mm-hmm. sort of user experience and sort of growing a skill base really around that, mm-hmm. around design led. Are, are both of you from a design background originally? Are you, do you, do yeah, we both studied of... design at college. Sort of, Katie was probably spent. She did the HND actually at Sheffield College. I wow. went off to Bretton Hall and lived in the countryside for a few years and <laughs> had a more bohemian lifestyle. I would say. Right. Uh, so, so you're not um, Sheffield Hallam graduates like so many of the design fraternity. No, no, I, I, no. Um, we both sort of. Um, also, it came out from quite different angles, actually. I sort of, the course I studied on was a probably a little bit more fine art focused, but it was still a, a graphics course. Yeah. Um, and the one Katie studied on was a little bit more sort of industry driven, I would say. Mm-hmm. So those two things it allows you to look at things from different perspectives, yeah. and sort of we're always quite open with how we how we work on a project. And it's very our studio is laid out, so everybody's in the same room. So there's a lot of sort of Everybody knows what everybody else is working on, so it allows yeah. you to sort of dip in and out of stuff and sort of have an overview on all the projects, really. So so how much of your work now is digital and how much is print and brand and um, identity and stuff? I say, I say it's getting towards a 50-50 split, whereas when we set out, we were probably doing sort of 80% more traditional design and print, yeah. um, sort of branding. It was always... It's always that thing that you did something for someone and they went, oh, we need a website. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now it's the conversation's a little bit different. It's like we have the, I don't know, I kind of like to see it as problem solving more than anything and whatever whatever the right approach to that problem is. Yeah. Um, whether it's whether it needs to be delivered on a mobile device, it's still design-led. Still, We're still thinking about it as a design problem rather than a technical problem in the first instance. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some quite technical people in the studio, but... We use their knowledge to feed into 
every different aspect of it really yeah um, so so you've got you know there's, there's lots of different platforms that you're familiar with working with and like extending that onto new platforms as they emerge yeah we because we're quite a small team i guess and we're not out and out specialists mm-hmm. in terms of we're not all coders yeah and we're not you know we're not all not designers just brand yeah so we have to be quite we do a lot of sort of prototyping so we'll use things like unity and vuforia to make sort of quite quite quick, quick to deploy sort of ar apps mm-hmm. um, okay and we tend to focus on sort of just lamp setups for a lot of our our web builds yeah. um we tend not to go into sort of enterprise solutions because it's yeah. not really what we're set up to do mm-hmm. i think if we ended up there we'd end up being a very different kind of business yeah um and i think quite a lot of the creative input would sort of slip away quite yeah. quickly um, how, how does the uh, ar work come about was that you deciding this is something you want to do and then going to find the work or it's a whim <laughs> <laughs> we did we made some christmas cards about two years ago. All, all good projects start with good yeah. Christmas cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were paper-based and, you know, they were these little art movement angels, as we called them. And they were a little bit of paper that you curled around to make a cone and, and it had a face and you put a sticker on it and you changed it. It was just a little playful thing, really. Uh-huh. And we were just kind of pondering what to do next for the following year. All right, um, say so hi bye, see, with your paper craft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was... Um, but we instead of instead of remaking them, we started playing around with sort of um we'd not it's a difficult one really. I think I don't know why we chose AR. I think VR was a bit of a a thing that we felt the kit would move on quite quickly and we mm. it it didn't really fit in with any of the other things we were doing. So we we were looking, we were doing quite a lot of 3D work at the time, so we were modelling mm-hmm. geometry for other projects. I think, how can we bring that to life in different ways? Mm-hmm. And obviously the print's always been there. So we, we just started looking at sort of AR in terms of um, image-based targets mm-hmm. initially. Just using um, phones? Yeah, using, using, using mobile devices, yeah. Um, and we made these little 3d angels come to life on the back of a postcard so we sent the postcards out got a few people to download the app um, and, that, and that was always going to be the biggest barrier getting someone to download the app yeah. for something novelty but that allowed us to talk to some of our other clients about what that could do for them or whether it was any any interest to any of their projects they were working on at the time so it just there's a, i still think there's a, a certain element of sort of magic about it even mm. though we know how it works mm. <laughs> yeah it's it's the space in between um and i think that's what's fascinating to people i think it's we were at an event in manchester last week and we were talking about the the novelty aspect of it and there was there were some very big players there doing sort of medical uh right sort of remote working operational stuff using ar yeah but right at the other end of the spectrum there's people like us who were just wanting to sort of spark what could, what somebody could do with it yeah as yeah. opposed to a predefined path where this is you're gonna need an enterprise solution and this is all the kit you're gonna need and you're gonna need a room full of yeah, yeah. all these headsets and we, we weren't set up to that we're more in, interesting sort of iterative sort of um, development seeing what we can do next with it and yeah seeing what use there is for it beyond the novelty i guess yeah how interactive it can be just yeah, with devices um, that people have got yeah, I, I mean, Magic, what the Magic Leap are. just just released their um, developer kit, didn't they? Was it last week? Yeah, Magic Leap. Um, yeah, and that, there's a, a little bit of sort of scepticism about whether it'll 
whether Magic Leap is good or not. I yeah, guess. <laughs> I mean, it, take, it looks like it takes quite a bit of calibration. Like yeah. you've got to, you've got we, to really yeah, go around the room and make sure that you're. I think I think the thing is, it's it's. I think the reason AR is probably an easier route to market is just because it's in people's pockets yeah. already. Um, yeah. And AR kit is ubiquitous now on Apple yeah. phones, and and we're sort of we're still kind of deploying sort of early prototypes in Unity just get quicker. It's yeah. quicker to test stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the native AR kits are going to be the, the way forward in the long term, I think. Uh, are you seeing quite a bit of demand for it? Are, are, like clients uh, getting it or are they still just experimenting? They're experimenting, but so we're working on a project with the university where we're doing something, a gamified version of an AR app where there's an educational aspect to it. Um, so it, it's kind of treasure hunt based, really. And I suppose there's an element of Pokemon Go about everything that's mm-hmm. AR. <laughs> right, yeah. But it's about collecting things and seeing the relationship between them in a in a space that's not really there. So they, there's a they're kind of aiming it at sort of young kids in school who they want to interest in engineering. So it's a different way of getting that content to them as opposed to stuff that's on a blackboard or sort of more traditional methods. And it's stuff they can take home because it's on their phone. So mm-hmm. the other the other side of stuff we're looking at at the moment is, so the, the targets thing was a good way of us getting into it and seeing what AR could do, but we're starting to look at stuff that's more plane detection based now. Right. So one thing through some of the experimentation and little projects we're doing is once those paper-based targets become, let's say the print run gets used up, the app becomes a bit redundant. Yeah. Um, so the plane detection-based stuff has a lot longer life in, in the public domain. And yeah, so it's more mi- to deploy mixed the reality stuff than augmented reality. Yeah. How, how, how accurate is that? I've, no, I've never seen that um, the plane working off a normal... Yeah. Stuff is fairly accurate. Um, as long as it detects a plane and you sort of target it at, at, at runtime, yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's um, We had a... Uh, we kind of like to get sort of... Uh, undergraduates and we had a, a guy doing stuff really really clever sort of t- guy for design course strangely he wasn't from a technology course mm. but he was a really good mathematician and he was he was doing stuff where the the AR was mapping out the room on the fly and it was a bit glitchy mm-hmm. but it was interesting to see what you could do with it yeah nowhere near ready to sort of put in a live a live project but yeah, yeah. just I mean obviously you know you've got Google's Project Tango and other you know the mobile phones that have got a whole load of other sensing in them and a whole load of image processing built into them yeah, to I be able to do that more accurately. But if you can just do that with, you know, I think that's a device devices. thing, isn't it? It's, as the yeah. devices become more sophisticated and more powerful, then the, the older ones will drop off the end and yeah, you yeah. have to get away with a bit more, <laughs> have more fun. Cool. Um, let's turn to Sheffield. What's uh, what's your sense of the design scene in Sheffield? And I think perhaps uh, we were talking early before we start recording about the past. Well, it's more my past, I suppose. But how do you think it's cha- <laughs> how do you think it's changed uh, the 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 kind of the design scene in Sheffield? And I, I guess I, I'm also wondering whether you think digital has had an impact because we we both previously probably worked in more in print. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose my background is yeah design for print primarily, um, but just an inquisitive nature into sort of technology and uh, yeah and computers generally really. Um, but yeah, I think when when, when do I start? About two thousand ninety ninety nine two thousand. So 
my sort of memories of it were sort of DR around there and a big company called The Source um, Workshop. Um, yeah, and, but they were all very much sort of cornerstones. They were just big agencies that were very associated with Sheffield. Mm. Um, and I think it was, there was an ambition to go and work for one of those agencies to learn your trade and, and kind of, I think the vision then was you would stay a long time. You mm. kind of, you'd, you'd had a, the whole point of going to college and studying that subject because you already knew where you wanted to go and work and you had you kind of, you were ambitious to go and do that. But I think how the landscape's lot, we're sort of 10 people and most of the people I know that own agencies or sort of do similar things to us are roughly the same size. So a lot more companies of that size, they're a lot more agile than they used to be, I would say. I would say the, the agency of the past would have a big contract and do lots of work for possibly one or two big clients. Um, I think the nature of that now is very different. We probably have a client list of about 50 or 60 regular people we work with, um, and, and maybe not coming for something every year, but it's there's a constant sort of flow of conversation with those people. Um, oh. how, how big are you, actually? That's one thing we never asked at the beginning. There's 10 of us, um, two part-time, and the rest of us sort of, uh, we come in every day. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, eh? I know, I know. It's a crazy world. Literally every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Try not. Maybe maybe Sunday's off. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I think that there are a lot of companies that kind of size in Sheffield now. Yeah, think, maybe they didn't used to be. Yeah, and I think I think there's good reasons for that. I think it's um, I think it allows you to be a, a sort of a little bit reactive. Yeah. Um, if you, we we always thought when we got six people that was perfect number. Right. Yes. I don't know why it just felt like well, we don't need to be any bigger than this. We don't need to we don't need to expand. But as projects come in, you just think, well, we used to kind of use freelancers for those sorts of things, but it's actually it's quite a regular thing now. Maybe that should be part of what we are, yeah. Rather than it being a sort of, and it, and it, I think it allows you to be a little bit more involved in a project if that person's there every day, and you can you can you know we don't. We don't have a boardroom where we sit and make all the decisions. It's generally the the right person for the job gets involved in making those decisions. Mm. So sort of everyone in the company is smart enough to kind of get involved in every project, I would say, no matter how old they are. Uh, and the dinosaur. How have you, how have you, find, uh, have you found getting those people? Uh, hit and miss. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, we... When we started out, we, we we used to get sort of graduates who'd come in and work one day a week, and eventually they'd stay yeah. at the end of their third year. But when you're small, that's okay. I think um, up until about know, about three or four months ago, I don't think anybody had ever left. And then two people left at once, and we were like, right, this is new, and you right. need to get someone quite quick, recruit, and the right yeah. person right quick, very quick. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that that kind of threw up a few challenges. But actually kind of working with the university and sort of knowing people on the design course here and in Leeds, that kind of it allows you to kind of talk to those people quite quickly. Hallam are great at that. They're really good at sort of reaching out and putting their students out there sort of on their third year. Um which is great. But in that scenario we had a senior person leave. Mm. So but, but, but we, again, we took the view to sort of employ juniors and, uh, and train someone. them up. And yeah. means we had to work a bit harder for a bit. Right. 
<laughs> so you still but, do that then? You still bring students yeah, in on that? Too? very much so. Um, I think it's about a better culture. If you can, if you can create it, it's mm. obviously there's more risk involved and you don't always know if it's going to work out, but it's actually more rewarding when it does. Mm. Um, and we, it's something we've always done apart from, I would say more, more so on the design side of things than developers. I think it's, it's easier for a designer to be, to make a mistake and it'd be less critical mm. than it is a developer. Um, it, the whole world's not going to fall down. If let's say a bit of print, is wrong we can we can go back to print we turn around quite quickly um yeah but but yeah let, let think, the wrong person loose in a code base for too long without supervision or yeah exactly yeah and i think you need a certain level of experience to sort of manage that side of the business but having said that that side of the business is growing so that might be the next natural evolution sort of junior coders um will feel quite different i think from my perspective because my experience is sort of working with designers mm. and a couple of experienced coders who sort of can always find an answer. More often than not, they, you know, they'll they'll tweak and they'll play and they'll experiment, mm -hmm. but they, you know, they're not working from a. They don't know which platform to start with. Yeah, it's more a case of can we make it do this? Um, but how how ready are they for? Um the world of work, <laughs> how, how, obviously um, they've gone through the, I mean, if I can cast my mind back myself, I was fairly shocked when I first uh, started working for, for an agency. I didn't, that wasn't my first job, but that leap to an agency, I was, I was sinking fast. It was like, hmm. it's a real, it's a real shock. I wonder, yeah, if, I, I wonder how ready, whether they're, cause it's more, perhaps more of a what known sort of route for people now. Maybe it's I, I, more ready. Yeah, I think. Well, again, we've probably been fairly lucky, I guess. Or maybe it's just the attitude to work is different. Maybe the desire to pay off that huge debt is <laughs> is more at the forefront of your mind when you when you get a job. I think when I started working, it was, yeah, I tried to stay awake at three o'clock was a bit difficult. <laughs> Switching out of student life quite quickly into into work. But no, they're, they're really focused, really switched on. And it's... it's I think it's saying something about the higher education system in that, you know, it's, it, it, I sort of teach at Leeds Beckett University two days a week on the graphic arts course, so I, I know what it's like to see it from the other side. And, mm. and they come out of school and they're quite, they just, they're very good at passing exams. But what you want is somebody who's very good at adapting to a situation. Mm. Um, and mostly in our experience, I think by the time they get to us, they're not, they're not experts in what they do. But they have, they have that ability to think around a problem, and that's kind of what we look for. Whether that's a creative designer or a coder or a mixture of the two, if you're really lucky, mm. um, there are a handful of people like that out there. But mm. I think you have to be really lucky to strike on one at the right time. I think there's just a very, very small percentage of of people in the workplace that are generally visually switched on as well as they are tuned into sort of. The, the more technical aspect of what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're, they're rarities. Yeah, I had a similar conversation with Matt Pike at um, Universal Everything okay. a little while ago, just about, um, about interaction design and how interaction design isn't really taught that much anymore, as much as he was, would, would think. A lot of design courses, a lot of kids want to go back to print. They kind of, 
Yeah, you I know, think it's yeah, it's what he was saying from his impressions. But it's those true. Real and I crossover think technical visual capabilities are quite rare. Yeah, and at Hallam you've got the art school, mm. and they're in the old post office, mm-hmm. and the game designs in Kansas. So you kind of got they don't Mix walk past each other every day. Yeah. But they maybe could. Um, similar thing in Leeds, really. They're sort of um, sort of media and kind of game coding aspects if it's on a different campus to the design campus. So it's, I think it's more of a sort of art and science sort of split, really. Yeah, which is CP snow kind of <laughs> dichotomy. But yeah, I think I think students on design courses are taught technology through sort of tactile things like Arduinos and sort of playing with physical stuff. Yeah. Whereas I think coders are taught design through looking at pixels and how they work together rather than the yes, sort of... Yes, that's true. It that's doesn't true. always have to be that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and sort of, sort of sprite maps and things like that. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah uh, screens. Yeah, yeah, screens, not physical stuff. Yeah. Um, you're right, a lot of design courses are going into the like product design into Arduino electronics, sensors and Yeah, and I think that's things. a good way for a designer to get into code, I think. It's you have you've got the physical object there and you make it do something through yeah. code. Um it's quite simplistic, but it might spark that dormant interest in someone who thinks they're a just a two D designer. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's uh yeah, but I think from an education perspective, I think I think universities look at the marketplace and look for what they're they're looking for. So whether they're looking for a, a designer who's really good at a certain bit of software, or whether they're looking for a coder who can, let's say, I don't know, just program in C. Mm. Um, I think it should be a little bit more expansive than that. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not an expert on what computing schools do in universities. I've got more of a sort of an angle on the design side yeah. of things. Um, yeah, well, I think, you know, there's, there's still there's still this kind of difference between computer science and theory, um, yeah. uh, you know, the theoretical side of it and the trade side of it where universities are producing developers or designers or, you know, and I think I think a lot of what if digital work is becoming more trade-oriented yeah. or, you know, to the point where you don't necessarily need a degree. I think you can... You I think can it's something you said before. Go into some of these things. Start getting recorded. It was um, about there not being enough new businesses. Yeah. And I think probably part of the reason for that is that when they come, when people come out of university, they've got a very, well, let's say, a fairly narrow skill set. I'm not saying they're not capable, but they've they've focused in on something quite early on, and yeah. that perhaps doesn't give them the confidence to think they could do other stuff as well. Or well, they they need a whole bunch of other team. Yeah, members to yeah you need to put 10 something. people together to deliver a project yeah. rather than three people who are multi-skilled. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's becoming a bit like construction, you know, where you've got a, you've got a, you're building something, but you need an electrician and you need a plumber and you need, you know, bricky and all of these different trades all working together and coordinated. Um, Some, sometimes coordinated. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's certainly part of, part of what's what's happening and yeah mm. i don't i mean like quite famously computer science produces the least employable graduates of any of any course which you know is a quite surprise to a lot of people i think yeah um because it, it's it's very theoretical and not many people can go straight into research and development out of university yeah it's the application of that in a in a practical environment um yeah it's quite a hard sell mm. um Mel's left us a note in the document here to uh, 
to ask you about Field's plans for a digital design festival next spring. She makes that sound extremely definite. All oh, right, okay. Was, uh, <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you tell us more? <laughs> yeah, well, sort of, we were chatting with Mel about an interest from our perspective and from her perspective through um, Sheffield Digital to put something together where design and digital technologies overlap. I, th- I think they do, but it's probably happening behind closed doors quite mm. a lot. So to create a platform and a, a series of events sort of March, April next year where we showcase some of that talent, perhaps not in a in a here's here's our latest bit of kit, here's our latest project or product kind of way, but here's what we can do when we're when we're playing or when we're when we're working with someone we've not worked with before. Mm. It's yeah, it's very much to show showcase the talent in Sheffield. But with an angle on how design and digital technologies come together. Um, I'm not saying there, there's lots of places that's happening, but it'd be nice to see, let everybody else see. Yeah, <laughs> for the whole city to get the general public yeah, involved. Yeah, and to, not just... to let people outside the city know yeah. what we're capable of. Because um, I think the view of Sheffield is it's quite sort of, I don't know, I quite, I quite like the view that we're a bunch of tinkerers. Yeah. But... We actually do some quite amazing stuff as well. Yeah. Beyond, you know, we do stuff that we get paid for and it works. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, we, it's, 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 an, it's harnessing that village mentality and, and showing how we professionalise it, I think, um, without taking the spirit away from it. Um, do you have so, a, a sense of what format it, it is? Is there, yeah, is there we, a model? We wanted to create a platform really where people put their own events on but we would create the platform and the time frame Mm -hmm. and look at particular venues and liaise with the venues in order that that's a little bit of an easier process um we also plan to do something at the beginning of the week which is which will be some kind of launch event party um again it's very early days we haven't locked down venues or anything for this Mm -hmm. but we hope to do a, a symposium on the last day as well where we perhaps have a slightly more kind of where industry meets academia approach to it and, and get some people to come and talk about how their their research starts to become applied and where 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 sort of Sheffield industry fits with that really. Um but again it's all it's all very nebulous at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something it's something we're we're forging ahead with. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you know, Sheffield Digital Festival. Yeah, you haven't got a name for it yet. Or is, is it still just working title, Sheffield Digital Festival? Hang yeah, on, well, hang on, hang on, Sheffield Digital Design Festival. Yeah, Sheffield Digital Design yeah. Festival specifically. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that's it's, 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 <laughs> we don't want to claim naming. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that's how you would explain it to someone. But I think well, we will give it a title at some point. Yeah, um, that's we should be creative enough to come up with a good name for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there a, is this something that? What what's field role in it? I guess, and is it something that you would invite people to get in touch yeah, about? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, hopefully we can we can give you some information in time for your next podcast, where we can sort of we will have some URLs and some specific dates and times, and a call a call to action really yeah. for people to get involved. Um, presumably, you're looking for headline sponsors as well for the whole. Yeah, event. people who want to goodwill or venues or people who already have ideas that might want to drop us an email our role primarily is about helping it get off the ground and 
along with sort of Sheffield Digital kind of creating, reaching out to the networks and mm-hmm. people who would want to get involved. Um, but yeah, also also from a point of view of just us being interested in what's out there. Um, we One of the questions you asked earlier about sort of the design scene, which I've probably dodged the answer on a little bit, is that we, we do, we're very siloed. Mm. And it's nice, there's, there's the No Bounds thing coming up in November, which is kind of putting stuff out in the public domain. It will get people out talking to each other. I think that's ultimately what it's about. It's finding, for, from an industrial point of view, people finding contacts they didn't know existed and being able to work with them. Mm. But also that allowing the outside world to see what the capabilities are. Um, so, yeah, um, if people want to get in touch early doors, then they can email sort of studio at field-design.com in terms of just early interest. But... I think in about a month's time we'll have a, a bit more of a uh, a roadmap. Um, so yeah, exciting, brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure loads of people are going to want, you want to get involved in it. I mean, it's something that we it's always it always appears like top of you know the surveys we do. What would people like to see? Well, a digital festival. Yeah. Um, I think I think it would be good to you know differentiate Sheffield from other places like Leeds Digital Festival and yeah, Leeds Leeds Digital everything. Festival's great, but that, it's it's purely a platform. So we've done stuff in the past for Leeds Digital Festival it's great it runs, sort of runs itself mm. but we kind of want to add a little bit more of a sort of local attitude to it I think mm-hmm. um, not be the same do it differently um, but also it, yeah, it have a lifespan it, it kind of we, we want it to evolve year on year mm-hmm. and this is a bit of a, a toe in the water really yeah I mean, we, we were talking over the summer quite a lot about doing um, regular showcase events because there really isn't anywhere for for local tech companies and design companies to come and show the projects they're working on. Um, so so well, we, the platform aspect of it will hopefully have a year-round right. aspect As- to it. Okay. So, so the web platform where it, yeah. it kind of highlights dates and we can put events on there, but it will, I think in the first instance, it will be this this week in this, sort of late March yeah. 2019 where we, we gauge what the interest is. Yeah, um, yeah. And... Start building that network. It, it feels like a that. house to put other things in. Um, so yeah, it could be. We'll see. Awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Well, thanks very much for uh, coming along today. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully, yep. made some. Yeah, sense. yeah. Keep, <laughs> come, come back when you know more, and, uh, and we'll keep everybody as, as informed as we can be about your, yeah, your, yeah, uh, absolutely, um, yeah. your progress. And um, good luck with everything. Cool. Cheers, Johnny. Thank thanks for having me. Right. Onto the news and events section, mainly the news section. This, this could, we're going to try and do this quickly. We are without <laughs> Mel, who has the information on a lot of this, a lot of this stuff. That's there is lots to get through. That's true, but we we, we missed out last podcast, so there's, uh, there's a lot. A, a lot has built up, but also um, everybody's been back hard at work in September, so there's an awful lot going on. Apart from me, I've been mildly absent, so <laughs> yeah. all of this is new to me entirely. Yeah. I'll know even less than usual. Yeah, you, you've you've. Yeah, you've been a splitter. Now Mel's not even here either. Oh, hang on a minute. Presumably she's she's on holiday or something. Um, right, I don't okay. even know where she is. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, Chef Tech, uh, Sheffield Tech Parks have a co-working office yeah. specifically for Sheffield. Yeah, this is awesome. It's great, isn't it? It's yeah, for, it's it really for, is. For Sheffield Digital individual members. members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's an amazing space. We've talked about it before. They've been doing the Freelancer Fridays and now this kind of a more a more formal uh, co-working offer 
mm-hmm. for Sheffield Digital members um, who can can access the the co working lounge or space. Um, it's open eight thirty till five thirty on weekdays. They, they've got meetups and. Uh, events that happen there on a fairly regular basis anyway mm-hmm. um, and so this is uh, a chance uh, I guess it's a, another an alternative space to, to go and work yeah and it's um it's a hundred pounds plus VAT per month to Sheffield Digital members to take advantage of it so it's it's really good value co-working um, so you know it makes sense to become a Sheffield Digital member and take up the offer. That's you know that's what we want. That's so the key message. That's the key message here. <laughs> there was, um, they do have like little breakout meeting rooms and and very very small pods, which are good for if you just need to go and have a bit of quiet time. Me and you have yeah, recorded for, a podcast yeah, in there. Yeah. They're supposed to be for people making phone calls, but two people can squeeze in there at a pinch. It's extremely comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice space, and, and there's a big boardroom in there, um, and it's a good meetup space as well. I think several of the, our meetups have switched in there. Yes, um, I'll, I'll put a link to um, I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. Um, there is a blog post that Tom uh, Wolfenden at uh, Tech Box has written, which is on the Sheffield Digital site. Yeah, and there's also more information on the Sheffield Tech Box site itself. So I'll include links to those two. Yeah, and if you you know get in touch with Tom and just ask him to show you around, you know before you make a decision if you like he's really happy to do that or, or go to freelancer friday the first they're every third friday today actually as we record this today is freelancer friday at well, the Cooper Lounge. well there you go yeah. um so you can do that if you want to go and see what it's like okay onwards mm-hmm. um rolls royce advanced manufacturing hack yeah this is something i know nothing about excellent but it, it looks great the rolls royce are sponsoring a hack Yes, um, so I can I can read a little bit because there's a blog post uh, up on the uh, mm-hmm. on the website. So uh, they're running this hack to make connections with potential partners in data analytics, machine learning, and AI. It take, takes place at Factory 2050, the AMRC, who are an, uh, they're not they're, what are they? They're a regional partner, yep. Sheffield mm-hmm. Digital, um, and they Rolls Royce are offering ten thousand pounds of initial seed funding to the winners, and that's to develop a proof of concept or a prototype in partnership with them um, and includes uh, mentorship and support from senior members of the manufacturing technology team. So it sounds like a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would encourage um, anyone to, well, first of all, go and find more information on the Sheffield Digital website. Um, it's up there near the top of the uh, site at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, get in touch and let us know if you do yeah. take part. Yeah. Um, there is going to be a Meta Meetup 3. Yes. Can we call it uh, a long overdue one? Or is it- <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. It, it is overdue. I mean, we, yeah, we did the first two at, um, at Google Digital Garage, um, and obviously they they moved out in April, and we, we've just been too busy and didn't have a venue. Um, but uh, we're doing the next one in conjunction with Spaces, or Spaces Works, um, who have taken two floors in Acero, which is the new uh, office building in the digital campus. So Spaces have got a big um, co-working, um, an incubation space on the ground floor, and then they've got offices, uh, managed offices on the top floor. Um, but they're really keen to host events and um, they, they want to come and partner with us to do this. So um, I, I haven't, I'm, I'm talking to Heidi at um, Spaces on Tuesday, um, so I will have just spoken to her probably when when people hear this, 
um, about putting it all together. And once I've done that, I'll put the invites out. But it's going to be the Monday, the 15th of October is the date that we've got scheduled in. So it'll be 5.30 till 8 o'clock. Uh, and it's the Meta Meetup is the meetup for people who organise meetups and people who want to organise meetups. So um, is, is there an, an agenda of such? Do we know what, what it's um, going to be about? There's, there's an agenda insofar as there are things that um, that I want to talk about that we're doing around meetups and opportunities that are available now that maybe weren't available before um, for people organising meetups. Um, but uh, I would like meetup organisers to um, contact me with what they would like to put on the agenda as well. Um, and I started a conversation in the meetups channel on our Slack about that. So, so if you organise a meetup or if you're thinking of organising a meetup or if you think that there should be a meetup about something that there isn't um yeah talk to me on slack uh, and come along on the 15th uh, and keep an eye out for the um for the event bright when it goes out fantastic and talking of meetups yeah that's another a meetup i know people want to get off the ground is one around um you know um extended reality uh, so vr ar mr um there's a bunch of people that would really like to get together to bring the community of, um, together around um, what's going on in that space. Um, and um, they're trying to get other people to help them organize it. Um, and they posted a message into the VR channel on our Slack. So if you're interested in a VR, AR, MR, XR style meetup um, to take place in the physical world, I imagine, but... Um, if you're involved in any of those technologies, um, then go on Sheffield Digital and go to the VR channel and uh, express your interest in being part of it. Please. Great. And if you're not on the Slack uh, team, community, then uh, sheffield.digital forward slash uh, Slack. Do people mm -hmm. still say forward slash? Or do they just say slash? They probably just say slash. I've said uh, slash a lot there in a very short space of time. Well, as opposed to backslash, yes. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, digital conference, we should make it clear, this is not the conference that we've been talking no, about. No, so, yeah, the thing that Johnny was talking about is a festival, hopefully. Um, but this is the digital conference, so this is the this year's um, edition of the annual first annual conference that we had last year. Um, so we've been talking to the council about um, about running this. Again, it would be like a, a, a one-day conference. Um, and the... The, the the major theme that's emerging is around digital skills um so so we're really trying to um pin down and understand um what aspects of it are going to be of relevance to the, the you know our industry basically so advanced digital skills and and um, digital professions as opposed to the you know making people work ready and the digital inclusion and general digital skills um, for employment, which obviously is a, is a major part of the council's agenda and the council partner's agenda. Um, so, yeah, we need to get that kind of resolve so we really understand how, the, how we cover the breadth of digital skills in this um, and make it a conference that people can really get involved in. Um, but, uh, yeah, that conversation... Yeah, it, it needs to it needs to kind of resolve in the next week, I think, um, so that we can start planning around it properly. Um, but we, we I think we'll be looking to host it in sort of mid to late November. Okay, it's good to have that in everyone's minds. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's on its way. Um, 
QB launch at New Era. There's, yes. In, in our notes, there's less and less information as we go through the <laughs> I know, yeah. It'll be single words in a sec. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I probably write, need to write this up in a blog post. Um, so on Monday, I went to um, the launch of QB, which is the China-UK business incubator at the new New Era building, um, which has um, just been, or the first phase of which has just been completed um, on... Uh, on Bramall Lane roundabout it's opposite St Mary's Church so it's that big kind of like green clad green and grey clad building um, so there's the the incubator is, is basically going to be like a, a business enterprise centre for uh, industrial relations between China and the UK um, so it's qu- quite a unique thing I think you know that there, there are there isn't isn't a place like this certainly in the north but I, I've got a suspicion there isn't really a place quite like this one is envisaged in the country um, uh, and so if if um, if local and British businesses want to um, trade with China you know, that's a place to go to get all of that business advice. Likewise, Chinese investors and Chinese businesses looking to looking to trade in the UK, um, use it as a base. Um, but ultimately, it will it will move into the new building. So there's the big the building next door that's being built. Um, QB will have its own space in there, um, and will be you know we'll have co working and um, and a. a business startup incubator there um, primarily for Chinese graduates who want to stay in the UK and build businesses here um, or you know extend businesses from China into the UK um, so basically you know and you know before while that building is being built uh, QB have a presence in the new building so they are now open and you can contact them um, so we, we now basically have like a, a Chinese beachhead in the city. Um, for anybody wanting to do business in China or wanting or seeking Chinese investment in their business. Marvellous. Mm. Um, okay, next item is uh, Living Plan, Plan IT, Living Planet. Living Planet, yeah. Living Planet, okay. See what they've done? Yes. <laughs> uh, Living Planet Partnership, classic content. <laughs> Living Planet's partnership with uh, Westfield Health. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, so uh, Westfield Health have done a have, have gone into partnership with Living Planet. Living Planet are a technology company that's been around for maybe ten years. That um, they uh, they originally built the data platform for Formula One. So um, the 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 data platform that managed all the telemetry, so all the data that's coming from all the sensors in the cars, being fed you know back to um, the garages, so they can they can track everything that's going on um, on track. Um, so they built this really sort of low latency, high performance network infrastructure and and um, and data platform for managing this. And they've now basically made that technology available for initially for buildings and then for like, um, you know, districts or, or um, shopping centers and stadia and things like that. So everywhere, you know, where you've got a whole load of of. Um, of um, sensors picking up data and you need to combine data from multiple different platforms um, or make it available to third parties to use um, and you know that's that has become what they're calling the, their urban operating system and they are using it for a bunch of projects that Westfield Health are doing around health and well-being and social care 
Um, and as part of that deal, Living Planet have basically said, anyone in the city who wants to can use our platform. Like we're, we're putting this infrastructure in for Westfield, but we might as well make it open for anybody else who wants to build applications on it. Um, partly because they want to trial, you know, lots of different applications and they, they, um, they like the fact that they, they've got a city, city scale platform to do this. Um, but also obviously they, they, you know, they want, they want to, um, create a data ecosystem on their platform. And I mean, they, they use open standards and I haven't quite interrogated, you know, the, the, um, the kind of openness implications of their platform, how monolithic it is and how proprietary, et cetera. Um, but that, that's basically been announced that they're making, making their, their platform available. Sorry, are they, for the city they, for free. Are they Sheffield Company or is it the no, West, no. Is Westfield Health is Sheffield Company? Westfield is Sheffield Company. Yeah. Um, Living Planet are Silicon Valley. Okay. So they're probably not going to hear me making jokes about their name and get in touch. Oh, no, they will. Okay. <laughs> um, a processing day next spring. Oh, yeah. So, so um, <laughs> that's literally all it says. It? Keywords. Yeah. Digital Christmas. That's right. Uh, so, no, so Sheffield Institute of the Arts um, uh, would like to do something for, um, so processing the programming language, the, the visual creative computing language processing, are doing like a community day um, for, the, for, for people who use processing um, next spring. And um, Pam Bauman at SIA would quite like to do something. And she was asking whether there are people in Sheffield who are into processing as a programming language for making visual things. Um, it's used by um, academics and creative technologists a fair bit, maybe not as much as it used to um, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, so anybody who's doing stuff in processing or would like to do stuff in processing, um, get in touch and I'll put you through to, to Pam and uh, you can you can see what you can do to be part of this kind of international day of celebrating a programming language, which I think I think it's sometime in March. Great. Okay. Well, this next section is going is is titled "Updates from Mel." Yeah. Um, so these are things that Mel has been up to that she's shared with us, which are which are all great, <laughs> but we don't know an awful lot about them ourselves. So f forgive me for doing a little bit of reading. Uh, the first one is about uh, a meeting that she went to, uh, which is the National Tech Clusters Group. Tech Clusters sounds like a breakfast from the future. I quite like that. Um, but it's all about bringing people together from all over the country who run similar organisations to Sheffield Digital. You, you must know about this, Chris. Yes. Um, uh, and they heard from, at the meeting, they heard from uh, Andy Shields, who's the Director of Digital and Tech Policy at DCMS. Um, uh, and there's a reference to Chatham House Rules. I love that reference. <laughs> okay, what do you think, what do, when people say that, what do you think that really means? No names. No, I know, but I know that specifically, but I always feel like it means that almost like we cannot possibly talk about what actually happened in that room. <laughs> it feels like there's no. more to it. Like it's some kind of secret meeting. No, it means you can talk about everything that happened and you just can't say who said what. That's all it means. So. I like to think there is. I know people do use Chatham House Rules to like as if it means you don't, don't you know, yeah. this fight club or something. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's not what it means. Um, so Mel says it was really useful for learning how DCMS operates and what their priorities are uh, and that listening to Andy Shields he was talking about wanting to hear from no names 
Is does he include in the no names? Have <laughs> I got to, to I beat this? I'm oh, just no. making a joke. Um about uh the experience of the funding process and in the involvement of LEPS. Um and uh and Mel says that he got some very honest feedback. Uh, they're gonna be meeting again before Christmas and are hoping to get someone from B E I S to attend and talk about business support. And during the meeting, the group also heard about Manchester Digital's collaboration with three other clusters on a digital skills project, which could provide a blueprint for other areas to use as well. Mm. Okay, and Mel says that skills is back on the agenda. Uh, she's going to be going to two meetings uh, this week, which I assume was this week that we are in right now, mm-hmm. um, um, around bids for funding for skills projects. And she is encouraged by the ideas and enthusiasm and opportunities for more joined up activity. Yeah. So this, this ties in with the theme for the conference as well. So yes, hopefully if these come off, then there will be some announcements. Fantastic. Um, and Mel, uh, <laughs> she's talking about it in the future. She's got a meeting with this with the star, but I assume that's already taken place. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Oh, great. Um, about running a digital awards program next mm-hmm. year. That sounds really good. I like the idea of that. Mm. There are lots of awards for different. Um, I, I write press releases and blog posts for companies that have that are getting awards for all sorts of things mm. it sounds great to have a is, is that specifically Sheffield yes yeah I think so um yeah I think obviously the, the you know Sheffield does the Sheffield Business Awards with the chamber um and you know every year some tech companies apply and win awards um but yeah I think um you know Dave Walsh, uh, the business editor at the Star, um, would like to do some some di- specifically digital awards, um, and has asked us what kind of categories to use. Um, on, on a similar note, um, I, uh, I'm judging the UK Tech Business Awards um, that have been put on with uh, Business Cloud. And I think there are 19 different categories, um, some kind of verticals and and you know, like fintech and health and uh, and others that are, you know, like SME of the year or innovation of the year, um, investor of the year, that kind of thing. Um, I think actually today is the last day of applications because they extended it by a week. Um, but there's going to be, yeah, a big ceremony in Marble Arch um, in November or something. Um, but I, I'm getting, I'm yeah, about to find out who I'm judging Obviously, I'm not judging all 19 categories, but I'm, I don't know. I'm fingers crossed. I'll be able to ask next week um, whether and how many local companies um, put themselves forward for those awards because um, I think they're going to be quite prestigious. Great. Okay, we're going to very quickly move on to uh, some upcoming events. Um, uh, I have uh, a few in front of me here, but I might need a bit of help with these, Chris, mm-hmm. or, or with being slightly out of touch. Uh, on the 26th of September, it's the uh, Chef Wit Tech Tea, so Chef of Women in Tech Tech mm-hmm. Tea. Do you know m- much more about that? Is, it kind of, is that the third event or is that something separate? I'm not sure. I know it's happening at, is it Bird, Bird Cage, Birdhouse, uh, Birdhouse Cafe? That's the tea connection. Yeah. Okay. Well, all the events so far have been ace, so um, you should uh, check that out. Uh, on the same day, on the 26th, it's the G Suite User Group, which is a new meetup or get together yep. from Rachel Furler, yep. who's been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. She knows her G Suite, mm-hmm. so you should go to that. Uh, 27th is the Riverside Games Night. That's back. Yep. Um, uh, same night, the three on the same day. Uh, Front End Sheffield, so the next installment of that. And Agile Sheffield. There's another one as well. 
Tell me. Uh, there's another games one. Um, so the guys at Collider are doing... Uh, it's a Games Britannia um, meetup, um, which I think is earlier in the evening. So you could go to the, ga- the Games Britannia meetup and then go to Riverside Games Night at Bungalows and Bears afterwards. Or... If uh, you're into games. Or, or you can go to Agile or Front End. Or Leg Up Social, which is or, also... Or Leg Up... Oh, my God. Or Tech Nation on Tour Leads. <laughs> that's also happening do you know what there's so there's always so many things on, on Thursdays and Thursdays are the, like the one evening of the week that I can never make because I've got childcare I mean all of those organisers should have gone onto the Sheffield digital calendar and seen <laughs> that it was a busy day <laughs> there have been some conversations about clashes recently actually oh really yeah that's, yeah. Like, that's something that we will probably come up in the meta meetup I'm sure yes um, okay uh, on the 2nd of October it's .NET Chef um, obviously a regular uh, Sheffield meetup uh, Go Sheffield kickoff that's a new one isn't it on the on the 4th yeah. yeah Go the programming language yeah. yes also Go Sheffield mm-hmm. uh, Tech Nation on tour Manchester that's on the 4th as well um, and then on the 10th of October Sheffield Test Gathering the latest monthly meetup the Rolls Royce Advanced Manufacturing Hack that we talked about on the 15th and the 16th um, and then another Freelancer Friday on the 19th. Let's just do all of October. That's it. Uh, apart from Geek Brecky, which is every Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And Messy Meetup on the 15th of October. Of course. Um, which isn't on the calendar. No, I, as I say, I haven't put the Eventbrite out. I haven't done anything. I just That's the date that we've got. No problem. Um, also, I should probably mention that I think uh, today is um, the reopening of the site gallery. Mm. Yes, absolutely. It's quite a big event. Yeah, um, it is. Um, it's been nice to see it, the marketing materials and a bit of comms going out on social media. Mm-hmm. It like, feels like there's a, a, a buzz of sorts, mm. which is great. Um, Festival of the Mind, that's what, is that on? Oh, that's that on finished? as well, yes, absolutely. No, Festival of the Mind is going on. I think it's Futurecade um, this weekend. So there's a whole bunch of um, like interactive digital things going on in the city centre. I think Millennium Gallery, is, there, is it? Is that where it is? No, I'm not sure. Off the shelf festival. Should we take a diversion into my my other life? Come to the novel slam on the eight. I don't know. Don't know when it is. X Factor for novels. Sounds great. Resist that. I'll be there. There's a digital strand of off the shelf, isn't there? Um, there? Or is it just 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 whinging about Amazon? Is that basically what it is? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. But if there isn't, that's totally my. That's all of my wheelhouses. I only have two. Right. (laughs) Memberships. Big thank you to new members. Um, Epitome and Fenty Limited. Yeah, nice one. Uh, company members and then new individual members Dan Dunford, Alistair Smith, Sue Marora, uh, Stacey Turner, and Reese uh, Aislaby. Aislaby. Oh, I'm not sure. Probably. I'm so sorry, Reese. Uh, uh, I should probably mention um, uh, LastNet as well. They, they became a company member, but oh. they're not on this list yet. Oh, fantastic. And uh, as always, a thank you to our sponsors, Owen Mitchell, Shorts, Sheffield College. North Coders and Benchmark. And uh, go and subscribe. If you're not already subscribed to the show, you can do so in all the normal places, Apple Podcasts or in an app like Overcast or Pocket Casts. Uh, find out more at sheffield.digital slash podcast. And we publish all of the episodes with show notes on the website as well. And that's it. Thanks, Chris. Cheers.